When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For a really great future, we're talking real money. Welcome to Talking Real Money. Hi, I'm Tom Cock. Don McDonald has the day off, and I'm here to answer your questions about anything relating to your finances, money, spending, saving, investing. Yeah, we spend more time on that. And uh, give me a call. Happy to answer whatever question you have. 855 855- Nine three five eighty two fifty five eight five five nine three five talk is the number. You know, still the number one question I get. It's fascinating to me from basically everybody, and I even see publications that use this as a way to get you to read. It is. I came into fill in the blank. Uh, thousand dollars ten thousand dollars hundred thousand dollars a million dollars what do i do with it now what do i invest in it and then you generally add generally this came up twice last week without any risk and when you say without any risk what you're really saying is without any variation in the value of my investment right you don't want it to go down well you're okay if it goes up but you don't want you want to put it in something that's going to make you money with no volatility. And then you put me in the unpleasant situation of having to tell you that, well, I, I don't know what that is. There, there isn't any sort of wealth without risk. But it always makes me go back and kind of look at where are we today in terms of those things that pay you something without volatility. For example, certificates of deposit. Haven't been very exciting the last few years, right? They've been horrendously low when it comes to what they're paying you to give the bank your money and you get something back. I just looked up, though, five-year at bankrate.com. You can get a five-year CD uh, at 2.6% a year. Now, someone called me last week and said they could get it, get one for three, which I haven't been able to find online. But, you know, 2.6 to 3%, yeah, not bad. Uh, you could own the iShares Municipal Bond, but that's an exchange-traded fund, M-U-B, but that has volatility. It's down still year-to-date, but it is a security that holds a basket of securities, a basket of mutual funds, at a very, uh, mutual funds, basket of municipal bonds at a very low cost, and that the yield right now, 275 You could also uh, grind my teeth a little bit on this, but you could own an immediate annuity, Single premium annuity, uh, immediate annuity, five-year is paying 4.25. There are so many people out there, though, that want you to give them your money, and then they sort of shade what they're really going to do with it. Um, Many financial technology firms, and Jason Dweig wrote about this in the journal today. Uh, Of course, they have cute names. The high-yield app Save has a market savings account. Now, they're going to charge you 35 basis points, 0.35 for managing money in 
you know what, again, it's very complicated as to exactly what it's invested in, but they say you'll have average annual gains between 3.7 and 9.48% a year. That's looking back from 2006 through 2021. Now, they didn't manage money in that period of time, but they say if you had done it the way we do it, that's what you would have made. And then there's another one, FAIR, uh, another app. Uh, that has its wealth building account. Here's where I get into struggle because they're telling you, I love this. I I love it because it's so outrageous. Fair invests 4% annual dividends to your account every month, even though that's a goal, not a guarantee. But the, the, the quote is fair invest returns 4% annual dividends to your account every month. Doesn't that sound like they're just going to give you 4% a month? That's crazy. They're, 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 even 4% sort of guaranteed that doesn't exist. And by the way, when Jason called them and asked them, they said, how, and how do you make that money? Here's, the, here's a, a, again, a real struggle for me. They quote this, a very secret sauce and internal trading algorithm. A very secret sauce and internal trading algorithm. Um. I don't give my money to people that make those kind of claims because you have no idea. Now, they admit that the 4% is not guaranteed, even though the language on their website makes it sound like it is. And this is not something I think you should do. Um, I, I think there's risk to it, and I think it could go wrong. And these are not guaranteed, of course, by the FDIC, if you go there, according to Jason, right now, the banks are paying an average of, wow, this is shocking, six basis points, 0.06. Um, that's, he does point out, almost 70% higher than it was uh, a year ago, but still not very much money. So happy to talk with you about that any other money questions you have please give me a call 855-935-8255 855-935 talk as we continue talking real money tom and don are talking real money Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Your guide to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Tom Cock here. You out there trying to figure all this out, and we're happy to talk to you about it. 855 935 Talk that is 855 935 8255. Call now, you're right to the head of the line. Guarantee it. Uh, we do get a lot of people that write us because they're shy, they don't want to be on the show. I get that. You can uh, go to talkingrealmoney.com, talkingrealmoney.com, listen to past podcasts, listen to my bad puns, bad dad jokes, but you can also write in questions. And Nancy, Send us, uh, send us a question here recently. I'll read it because I think it's a good question for all of us. Uh, Don and Tom have been listening for a while, learned from the show about expense ratios. Expense ratios, how much the internal operation of that mutual fund costs. Most of you don't realize that you're paying 
those mutual funds, those exchange-traded funds each and every day for the pleasure of holding them. So Nancy writes about expense ratios, the number of holdings in a fund. That That is the number of securities that the mutual fund or exchange-traded fund hold. The type of fund, whether it's large cap, small cap, international, all those things. In the late 1990s, my A.G. Edwards broker set me up with American funds in my Roth. American funds still very popular with brokers. Uh, the funds are the Growth Fund of America, the Investment Company of America, New Economy, and New Perspective, all A shares. Now, an A share means you're paying the broker 5.75% every time you want to make that purchase. This is not something that we recommend, nor do I think it's a good idea, and I don't think it's necessary in today's world. But Nancy's question, now retired in my mid-60s, the plan currently for this money is for long-term care. So I agree with both of you on being aggressive in my Roth. Roth is a post-tax savings vehicle that allows the growth there to uh, not be taxed ever. It's wonderful, especially uh, for people who are already retired, but for people who are young. I mean, you should be saving a ton of money in that Roth. In reviewing these funds, she says, yes, the expense ratios are high. Funds are similar with each. In other words, there's not very much difference between the Growth Fund of America and the Investment Company of America. They hold very similar groups of stocks. New economy may be a little different. And the number of holdings is low. In other words, they're not widely diversified. They hold, I'd have to go look at the specific number of holdings, but my guess is somewhere around 100 stocks each. And as you know, and we've talked about on this program many times, we recommend you hold thousands of companies globally. Um, because of the current market value of each is low, I don't want to sell them at this time. My thought is to stop reinvesting gains in dividends and purchase VT and VBR. VT is the total market. VBR is U.S. small cap, U.S. small cap value. Currently, I have 409000 Your thoughts, please, on this strategy. Okay, first of all. Let's just make sure that we understand what we're talking about here, because the Growth Fund of America, the ticker is AGTHX. You mentioned the 5.75% sales commission, but then the internal operating expenses, 0.61 versus the VT Sachs, the Vanguard Total Global Portfolio, which you can own for four basis points, 61 versus four. Or if you want to do an exchange-traded fund, VT, you could own it for seven basis points. So let's make sure we're clear on that. But then to this aspect, it comes up seemingly a lot. Should I sell now when the market's down and buy something else? Sure, because the market hasn't differentiated itself very much. In other words, Yes, the S&P 500 is down 18.2, but a 100% global portfolio holding thousands of equities is down 16.7. So, for example, if you were to sell your growth fund of America, which is basically the S&P 500, and buy VT, the prices, how much they've gone down, it's pretty equivalent. So you wouldn't be buying something that's gone down a, a lot and, and, and or pardon me, selling something that's gone down a lot and buying something that's gone up a lot. I think people get a bit confused there. Number two, it's never the wrong time to do the right thing, which in this case is undoubtedly to buy those two funds. And by the way, you could own them, I don't know, 80% in the VT, 20% in the VBR, because now you're going to get a little more allocation to U.S. small cap value. You want to be aggressive in that Roth. 
But don't get confused about the fact that the market is down. Remember, it is down. It's We have no idea starting Monday what may happen next. I think there's an excellent time to always rebalance, get out of those high expense mutual funds, get into lower expense, get into more diversification, add asset classes you frankly do not own today uh, in the VT and the VBR. I think between those two, you're going to hold somewhere closer to eight or 9,000 stocks globally rather than a few hundred domestically. By the way, global portfolio, as I mentioned, has done better than just being in the Standard & Poor's 500 this year. Does that make sense? I mean, in other words, don't get caught up in what's happened in the market lately and think, well, I'll wait till the market comes back because I have another question saying, well, I don't want to sell those securities after they've gone down. In some cases, if you own things like Amazon that have gone down 35%, yeah, I could kind of see that. You might want to hang on to that for a while. But again, in these, in this case where it's a mutual fund and you hold lots of securities, most of which have gone down, and you're going to buy something that has also gone down, but you're going to save a ton of money. Wow, what a difference. The, the, the difference between 61 basis points, 0.61 or 0.004 is amazing when you think about it each and every day number two is all kinds of evidence that shows clearly academic evidence disinterested people that have studied all this are going to say active management and mutual funds you end up with less than passive or index style for a variety of reasons not just cost but also because active relies on somebody to be smarter than the market to outsmart others. I'm reading a fascinating book right now called More Money Than God, which is about the uh, hedge fund industry. And there's it's littered with people that said, here's the direction to go. I'll make a big bet on this. And they use all kinds of leverage and other things. And sometimes they make fortunes, literally fortunes in a very short period of time. And sometimes they lose those fortunes literally in a very short period of time. So, yeah, fix that portfolio. Do it now. No reason to wait around. Your questions and calls ahead. Give me a ring, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK, as we continue talking real money. Tom and Don are talking real money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our Vestry advisors help you save your future at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. Back to Talking Real Money, 855-935-8255, 855-935-TALK. Your questions, your calls, your need for help, ring me up. Glad to help you. I find bear markets, I find down markets fascinating in terms of psychology because all of the calls a year ago were about things you want to invest in because you're missing out, right? Or you only live once. I got to be part of this, whether it was the nifties, whether it was the tech stocks, whether it was... Tesla, you got to be in all those things. And it turns out, as is oftentimes the case, jumping into those things was an expensive lesson. Very expensive if you bought some of those high-flying tech stocks. But 
just in general, how you deal with stock market decline. So Jason Zweig wrote a great piece. I love Jason's writing. And he's my favorite columnist. You can read his stuff regularly at the Wall Street Journal. So he points out that instead of CNBC or CNN, imagine there was a thing called the Benjamin Graham Financial Network. On the screen, it says the facade of the New York Stock Exchange is behind there, and a, a huge banner says, sale 50% off. And you hear the Bachman-Turner Overdrive song, you ain't seen nothing yet, and the anchorman says, stocks became more attractive yet again as the Dow dropped another 2.5% on heavy volume, fourth day in a row, they've gotten cheaper, et cetera, et cetera. Jason points out that if you got rid of the T in stocks and you made it socks imagine there would be a run on <laughs> footwear i mean because just think that through socks got 20 percent cheaper 30 percent. you would be running down to gosh i don't know i where do you buy your socks anymore i guess nordstrom i suppose easy to put them in there you'd be racing out the door to buy them but instead when socks pardon me stocks go down you want to unload them you're scared why would i want to hold them when they've gone down i want to only own things that go up and you know because we've told you on this show and podcast for decades that there isn't anything that only goes up if there was such a guarantee the return would be less they are linked you can put the money in a bank account, as Jason points out, and make, I think he said, six or seven basis points now, which is ridiculous. Although you could go online and you high-yield high savings account, which I think are now paying 1% plus. I also think I mentioned that you can get CDs, a five-year CD, where you have to lock it up for that period of time and get 25 to 3%, which is certainly far better than than you were getting not very long ago. But you need to figure out how to put this aside if you want to invest in stocks. The people that end up with less money, I can guarantee you they do something. They watch every day. They watch the news. They watch their portfolios. They watch their balances. And they say, I got to do something. It's gone down. And we know the people that do that, frankly, uh, it costs themselves thousands hundreds of thousands and in some cases millions of dollars truly it's an expensive way to i can't even say it take care of your money it's it's you've got to figure out around your emotions if you want to be a stock market investor how to put that aside how to ignore it how to find something else to pay attention to maybe it should be the here in the northwest the seattle mariners who have won 12 straight game find another interest how about gardening you can come over and work my lawn if yours is in perfect condition or watch a soccer game or do something with your grandkids some other thing you focus your time and attention on because again we know the people that follow all of this closely simply end up with less money we don't want you to end up with less money i want you to end up with more money i want you to be in great shape i want you to be able to say markets go up and markets go down and i'm not going to care about it for the next short period of time investing is a long-term discipline and it does not require you to look at things short term 855-935-TALK we'll be back with more talking real money in just a moment 
Tom and Don are talking real money. Tom and I created Vestry to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com. V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. Reality Radio for a really great future. We're talking real money. Week after week, we are here live for you, answering your questions on money, finances, all of that to try to make it an easier part of your life. Talking Real Money at 855-935-8255. That's 855-935-8255. Let's go to the phones. And Sam now joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Sam. Hi, thank you for taking my call. I called um, late last year because I have to take my RMD this year. And we talked about, I think Don said, take it at the end of the year. Now, do we change our philosophy when we have a great market like we did um, this past year? Or, I mean, do you still hold that philosophy that you, you know, wait to the end of the year? Here's the reason why we, for our clients, try to push it off as long as we can. And none of this is going to surprise you. Uh, the market, as you know, in the long haul, has an upward tendency. I'm talking about the stock market. So yeah. generally, if you wait, then you're, you let your, your amount of money, your pot of money, your bucket of money grow for a longer period of time before you take it out, right? Um, yeah. So there, there is no right or wrong because we don't know, for example, Sam, what's going to happen with the market between now and, let's say, the middle of December. It may go up, yeah, may I go mean, down it, more. Yeah, we don't it know. It could go way up, yes. It, it could, could yeah, go, it right. So, yeah. I mean, again, so generally we wait. We're doing the same this year. It hasn't really changed due to the fact that we're in a bear market for stocks. And the unusual part, as you know, is that bonds have had a tough year as well, though I just looked at the total bond, which is – rebound a little bit and you're going to start seeing that more here as the yields go up um so i would still be if you came to me today and said should i wait on my required minimum distribution i would still be waiting by the way for those of you who are not yet taking rmds i suspect there will be some very good news out of the congress later this year they have bipartisan support for the secure act 2.0 i believe is what it's called which will push required minimum distributions back to age 75 which will make it better for people that really don't need the money and would prefer not to take it out of their qualified accounts so back to your situation sam I, yeah, i'd still be waiting unless i needed the money i mean here's another way you could kind of do it to hedge your bets a little bit you could take out you know some each month take sell a little bit this month sell a little bit next month. then you get take advantage of sort of varying prices and then if the market you know goes down further then haven't done yourself any harm if it goes up then you know you kind of hedged your bets there a little bit as well it's a no win yes because you can't predict the future we just don't know i mean again bear markets you know can last certainly longer than this one has already lasted uh, you could go online and read what all the experts have told you about what will happen next, and they don't know any more than you do. Even the great Jim Cramer, who says the second half will be better than the first, he doesn't know. 
So, uh, no, I would do it again. I would be waiting only because in the long haul, the market does have an upward bias to it. Just curious if your philosophy might have changed a little after experiencing another bear. I'm just curious. Yeah. Yeah. So it really would not have. Again, I would be still waiting. We are still waiting. I mean, other than our clients who really need the money, who get regular distributions, uh, that has that part of our business and that part of our advice would not have changed. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir. Uh, 855-935-8255. That's 855-935-8255. Before we go to, uh, to Ryan, I do. This is an interesting point. Sort of how to game, if you will, the decline in stocks and bonds, for that matter. Because we've got a note from Aubrey, who lives in Virginia, and she was talking about the fact that she wants to simplify her portfolio. She has a mix of index funds, actively managed funds. Active an actively managed fund is one where. There's a manager sort of picking stocks or timing markets. And then she also has 13 stocks. Now, you know that we do not recommend, nor do we use individual equities because there's no indication that the individual equity you're going to pick is going to do better than the market. In fact, the history has shown again that if that individual equity is a member of the Standard & Poor's 500, it's going to have returns of about like Standard & Poor's 500. But you're taking a ton more risk. And that ton more risk is the fact that well, markets can go down. Individual equities like Amazon can lose 35% of their value in a short period of time. So she was kind of asking, well, should I wait? And I'm again going to say, no, take action now uh, to clean up your portfolio. Never the wrong time to do the right thing. Get her done. 855-935-8255. We'll return in just a moment. Tom and Don are talking real money. Is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a Vestory advisor at Vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's V-E-S-T-O-R-Y dot com. Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money. Thanks for being part of Talking Real Money. We're here every week to answer your questions and as simple as a phone call, 855-935-8255. That's 855-935-TALK. Let's go back to the phones. Ryan joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Ryan. Hey, hello. Can you hear me okay? We hear you great, sir. How can we help? Excellent. All right. Yep. So I actually have two questions. I think they're related, uh, and they're sort of related to what you were talking about earlier. So I'm, I'm hoping this should be fresh in the mind. But trying to get some advice around my mom's IRA, and what happened is, so first of all, she doesn't need the money. It's been, uh, my dad invested it over the lifetime of when, when he worked. Unfortunately, he passed away a couple of years ago, and it's in the Federal Reserve Thrift Plan, which is a, a, pretty, a pretty good plan when it comes to fees. Um, however, the allocation of the plan is a little bit interesting to me. Um, so, uh, you know, about half of it's in bonds and then, you know, about 20% in equities, 20% in real estate, uh, which I thought was interesting. And then another 13% or so in tips. And, and so my question is, is for someone like my mom who doesn't need the money and probably never will, um, you know, once she passes, this is going to 
come to myself and, and my brother and my family, should we become make this a little bit more aggressive at some point? You know, absolutely. I don't I wasn't aware that the TSP, the Thrift Savings Plan, had real estate as an investment in it. Um, and when you say mom's yeah. IRA, it's technically not an individual retirement account because that's money she would have rolled out of the TSP. So it is still a sponsored retirement plan. Correct. Yeah. So Correct. And I'm just yes. trying yeah. to look it up here because I've built an asset allocation for the TSP. If you go to 401411.com, 401411.com and click on specific plans as much as I'm trying to do now. Um we show you how we think you should build the portfolio. Truly, if your mother is only taking out the required minimum distributions, which she is required, how old is your mom? She's 72. And okay. um, just, I think she just got the letter this, well, yeah, she got the letter about a few months ago. So Okay. Yeah. I mean, you want to make sure you do that. I mean, so, because our asset allocation on the stock side includes the C fund, the S fund, and the I fund, the I fund, obviously the international, the S is small and the C is large cap. If I were to do this for you, I, here's a way I would look at this for your mom. She's going to have to take some money out, right? She doesn't have to spend it, but right. she's got to take it out and pay tax on it. I would hold the amount that she has to take out, which the first year is going to be, you know, somewhere around three and a half percent. It scales up a little bit as we get older and then it actually goes down a little bit as we get really older. But I would hold, you know, like the next five years, let's just say, for example, 15 to 20% of it in the G fund. Okay. The rest of it, I would divide fairly evenly between the large cap, the small cap and the international fund. So for example, you could have a portfolio, 80% in stocks, 20% in the G fund. So you could take the 80 you, know, you could even divide it up evenly between the three if you wanted to, just to make it simple. Then it's going to be far more aggressive than having half of the money in bonds. The growth rate should be much higher, should be. We don't know about the short term, but certainly in the long term. And then yeah. the, what she leaves to others is going to be bigger. Now, the challenge for your mother is if she wakes up one day and looks at this and sees this lost 30% of her value and says, son, exactly. that's, we got to talk. Exactly you know? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what leads to my second question is yes, convincing sir. my mom because she is, she is I don't, financially I don't, illiterate. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't do that kind of work. That's Dr. Phil. I think he's on later tonight. Uh, you know, I mean, that is a tough one, right? Because my mother in 2008 I can remember very well, and she had a very conservative portfolio. And her answer to anything I said was, I've lived through the Great Depression. I've seen what it's like. I, you, how do you really argue with that? Well, you know, it's kind of hard to argue with. Plus, it's your money. So she had a conservative portfolio. I never tried to get her to be more aggressive so she could leave more to others. But I think your thinking is absolutely right on, Ryan. The question is how to, how to execute. That's a family thing. And as I say, in all seriousness, um, Maybe it's gradual. Maybe you say, well, let's do a little bit of this. Let's instead of making it dramatic, because again, if you did it dramatically and the market turned against her, she might be very unhappy with you. And and you said, what was the name of that website again that I could go to? I've it been is, there before. I remember. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's 401411.com. And then you just click on specific plans. So we have a plan for the okay. thrift savings plan 
among many others, where people have sent us the options that we built the portfolio. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your call. Let's see if we can squeeze one more in here before we get away. Diane joins us on Talking Real Money. Hi, Diane. Hi. So I was notified by the executive of an estate that I have inherited a one-third share of a Roth IRA, and that is invested at A.G. Edwards. The Edwards person said that to distribute that they have to create three new individual, what he called like accounts, and then and then after that we can do what we want with it. Um, any advice there? I don't really need the money right now, but I don't especially want to leave it there. Yeah, no. I'm so th- what you've just said is all correct. At the current custodian, a new account will have to be formed. It will be an inherited Roth IRA in your name. Then you can do, once the money's moved from the decedent to your new account, you could move it anywhere. I'm not a fan okay. of A.G. Edwards because the products they use are usually uh, commission-based, high-expense mutual funds, uh, the aforementioned American funds. So if you're going to okay. do this on your own, you could simply go, you just go to Vanguard, and Vanguard would help you own open an inherited Roth IRA they would help you move the money over. And on our website, TalkingRealMoney.com, we have a, a, a click-through that says three funds at three groups. We show you which exchange-traded funds you could use at Vanguard very simply. But if you're all going to put it in one, you could just put it all in the VT. That's aggressive, but it's a globally diversified portfolio of stocks at extremely low cost, far, 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 far. I can't say enough fars, less than what you're going to get at A.G. Edwards. And then let the money build up. Okay, okay, but they do have to transfer to a to a new account for me, and then I can do whatever I want right away. That's correct. There's no time. The money has to sit there, and you really don't want to let them talk you into, you know, buying something else, which is what they're going to try to do. They're going to say, "Well, let's yeah, move this that, into yeah. X, Y, Z," because that's how they get paid. But no, it is correct that at the current custodian, you will need to open an inherited Roth IRA account. The money will then be divided three ways. Um, the only question in my mind, would they have to sell the securities it currently holds and move them in kind into the new one, or they just move it to cash? Since it's a Roth IRA, they may just sell the securities it holds in the Roth and move the cash over, which is what I would advocate. And then That's you could move the money out. Preference. I just wasn't sure they could do that. Yeah, so I mean, they are. That is the correct sort of uh, procedure, if you will, protocol to open that new Roth at the current custodian and then uh, divide it up. But you're exactly right, Diane. Thank you very much for your call. I wish you well, and we will be back with more talking real money here in just a couple of minutes. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com. For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money. You know, one thing I find in periods of difficulty, you need us more than, you know, when the market's kind of going up or has gone up a lot. Eh, I don't need an advisor because I'm making a lot of money. And then we get in these, you know, little rough situations, recession, inflation, bear market. Yeah, maybe I need somebody to look at all this. 
we're here to look at all this. Even if it's a second opinion, even if you're already working with an advisor, we will look at your portfolio to make sure you are tr being treated fairly. So it's simple. You go to Vestory.com, V is in victory, E is in Edward, S-T-O-R-Y.com, and ask for a meeting. Vestory.com. We'll talk to you. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment tax or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future, so past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial product or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appellate Capital. A fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?